0: ...of the congregation, and today, please, if you weren't here Wednesday, take one of these home with you. Amen. Not not one per family, but one per individual. Amen. When you count all of the things that has been done just in the last few months, and the outreach, and the, and I, I mean, can anybody here show five message churches that have regular Bible studies? Right. I mean, when you take all of the things that God is doing through this little church, I I think it's a credit to the vision, and, I, and we want him to have a fresh drink of water, and when we think about the sacred sands we've been speaking about, and the fresh water, and is it worth it? I think it is worth it, and I, I would like more. I, I'm expecting this year us to have more visitors to our church, people that drop in that have real needs, and that have real burdens, and they might not have it all together. But we need to be a little church. The next slide is my opening scripture. But I want to say we need to be more mindful of one another. And if someone is serving the Lord or a Christian or in your family or in the church, we need to be respectful. And we need to just be appreciative that they're serving the Lord. You know, the woman at the well had a lot of issues. But she had a predestinated seed. And Brother Branham talked about the priest. And the Pharisees and scribes, and how they had a snake in their heart. And they were so pious, and they knew the message. And they looked like, you. well, we should give them respect. We should give them honor. It was the woman at the well that had a predestinated seed that deserved the respect. And so today, let's not miss, uh, miss what God is doing right in our little church. It doesn't have to be Brother John that always visits someone that does is they're not here this morning you say well why well brother john will take care of it well you can take care of it yeah. it's not brother john that needs to be on the a prayer warrior all the time yeah. and i want to encourage you today if you pray or if you give or if you are a family or if you're a person an individual let's serve the lord greater this year yeah. let's not pull back into our caves of despair or yeah pull back into uh, carnality and, and, and selfishness but let us let us take the word of God serious amen. and let us rise in the name of the Lord today and turn to Ephesians chapter 4 God bless you amen. amen we would like every person to have one of those packets of books we've already got people from outside the church that are requesting we already have people that uh, aren't able to make it to the services that uh, have requesting these uh, books. And so um, if I need to order another palette, I will. Amen. Uh, if I need to do that, and it takes a couple months, but even this one book right here would just be wonderful for you that are real serious about the message. And this is incredible. And because we've already gone through half of um, January, this, this message has been chosen for January. Can everybody see this from where you're at? Can everyone see that? I, I think it's the shortest message, and, and Sister Athena was helping us this morning. I think we put two in every bag, so I, I, I think she was taking out the extra. I think the Lord knew we needed a double portion, amen. So God, give us some humility this year and start out, you know, and, and so let's just, this message is very, very short, and I think you can read that in January. We can read it together. We can go through these things. Uh, someone made a list for the next 12 months, and so, you know, these are just little things. You, you might look at it and say, oh, well, that's kind of odd, or that's kind of strange, or I don't go to Bible studies, or oh, the, the mission outreach, the homeless, is just, I don't do that, and I don't go to prayer meetings, I don't go to, and pretty soon you find yourself, you're living in your little world, and God help us this year to break out of that, amen. So. In February, it's why people are so tossed about. Maybe some of us are being tossed about because we need to get more in the message. Amen. And God's given it to us. All right. Ephesians chapter four. I don't want to be lengthy this morning. We got a wonderful service this evening. Brother Steve Clark is going to be speaking the word. Ephesians. Cha- is there other churches in the message that are double our size that don't even have another full time minister? It ought to soak down a little bit. Amen. That's the vision, and that's what God thinks about this little church. Oh, you you. you need to go get a job. Well, I'll just breathe a little bit before I respond to that. Every single day, we're working for you. And through the night, and the Lord knows. You don't need to know. You don't need to know what Brother Steve goes through always. We'll tell you a little bit, but... I think when we're on the other side, Brother Steve, it'll, it'll be Praise fine. God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's just make it there, friends. Let's. Yes, amen. Paul was talking in Ephesians and speaking to In Time Message Tabernacle as a mature, rising church. Verse 7, Ephesians 4, 7. But unto every one of us, unto every one of us is given grace. According to the measure of the gift of God. So you're going to make it. You're going to make it. God's given you grace. According to the gift in your life. So he talks about in verse 8 how when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. The next two verses is in parentheses in my Bible. Verse 9 to verse 10. Now he... Ascended. Now that he ascended, what is it that, but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens that he might fill some things, that he might fill all things. And that includes you. Verse 11. And he gave. Some apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. And I think for some of you, he's given all of these things. I know you're standing, but do you know there's some that read verse 11 and say, they read it like this. And he gave some apostles, okay, some prophets. Oh, I believe Brother Branham is a prophet, so that's some, but I don't need an evangelist. I don't need a pastor. I don't need a teacher. I got Brother Branham. And they're totally missing what Paul was saying. Yeah, yeah that's right. Verse 11 God has given you all of these things. Praise God. Yeah. Amen. We, we ought to say thank you, Jesus. What for? For the perfecting or maturing or growing of the saints. For the work of the ministry. For the edifying or the encouraging of the body of Christ. Till we all, can we say all? All. Come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a mature or perfect man. It doesn't mean you're not going to make a mistake. But perfection, perfection means a maturity Unto the measure of the statute of the fullness of Christ. Amen. That we, have you noticed we're a body? Yeah. That we all, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine yeah. by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Mm-hmm. This is our verse, verse 15. But speaking, let's read it out loud. But speaking the truth and love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. This is our thought for this morning. The Lord laid on our heart on spiritual growth. Speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in some things, come on, or or, or what you've already heard and what you believe and what you like, no, No. in all things, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love, in what? Amen. God bless you today. You're so responding today. You can have your seats. My wife and I were enjoying our couple days away for our anniversary. But what was really sad, Brother Andy, it was so cold as we drove through Seattle City and we saw policemen and there were people lying on the concrete on the sidewalk, homeless and people on drugs, and they would go up, the police and knocking. i probably never forget it. They were knocking on the bottom of their feet, making sure they're alive, making sure that they even are breathing. I thought, God help us. You know, sirens going off, and a lot of times it was just ambulances pulling up to curbs and things, and people overdosing, people cold, people, and I thought, Lord, you've been so good, and... Let us be mindful of you, Lord. Let us be mindful, Jesus, the grace of God and God's mercy. And so sometimes, as you remember last Sunday morning, the being poured out upon the ground, your life, and being poured out upon the sands of time, it seems like such a waste sometimes. And then this happened Sunday night and Sunday morning, Brother Jordan baptized, Sunday evening, two of the land's girls being baptized. And you wonder, is it worth it? The waters of your life, the waters of your testimony, the the words that you have, the giving of your things and what you go through. Sometimes it seems like you're spinning your wheels as a person. And Paul was talking about that we may grow, that we may grow. We talk about natural growth and our children grow, we talk about physical sometimes, maybe people are talking about financial growth, you know, and thinking about what they give, or, you know, they're um, talking about their portfolios, and they'll be doing their taxes soon, and, and uh, they'll be receiving their, their uh, you know, their giving uh, notices and things, and they just, we realize sometimes that even in education, we want to grow from year to year, in our schooling, and our grades, We want to see an increasing. And I thought about even our little church. You know, sometimes someone can misunderstand. But without a vision, we will perish. And sometimes we can be around people that are visionary and we kind of can be critical of that. But we realize the gospel has always been moved down the road by sisters and brothers of vision. And they didn't just look to what they saw or how they felt. They didn't always look to the economy to see if we should be doing something. They, they didn't always just look at the bank account to say, should we have a couples night or can we afford a music night or should we do that for the, uh, the little books? And what I noticed in our little church here, it's kind of like David's mighty men. Just a little word, just a little something over the pulpit. I've noticed how quickly this church responds. I, I'm thinking of Christmas, just a little words from your pastor that I'd like to do more for our little church and couldn't afford it at the time. And somebody in our church heard that and gave an offering so that you could have a little Christmas something. And I just thought that was so admirable. It was someone that just heard uh, something across this pulpit about some books or receiving the messages. Uh, brother. And I couldn't afford a $1,000 even of the postage to put it on a pallet, to bring it here. And somebody heard that and contributed the whole amount. I, I just think of even Sister Charity talking to Brother Andy for a few minutes about some gravel we needed. And turns out in a couple days we have parking lots. I hear about of other needs for this and to do that, and and I just hear of needs in the Sunday school for the children and for different needs. Sister uh, Michaela Lange has a need in her leg and things, and and they didn't know what it was and how you just came together and prayed and believed and to find out she's cancer-free. Just a little desire, just a little bit of love, love, just a little bit what can I do for the Lord. And it just turns out to be something so much greater than we ever thought or imagined. Surely that must be the heart of God. So when we talk about is it worth it and spiritual growth now for this year of 2024, things just begin to go. I'm coming back to my thought, what I said earlier about our little church. And um, we talk about numbers or growing. But Brother Branham talked about revival. And he said, revival isn't always adding more members to the church, but it's reviving those that are already there. And he talked about the water in Lake Erie or Lake Huron, I can't remember which one it was. And he said, the winds would blow and it would frolic and jump up and down and be, you know. And the, he said, but when it was calm and when you looked out over it and there was just no wind blowing, there wasn't any more water in the lake when it was moving and vibrant and alive, than when it was just still. Sometimes we can look at our own lives and think that nothing's happening. But like our brother Timothy chose that song, I thought the whole song was like a message. That That's when God can be moving, is in the silence. A half hour of silence in the seventh seal. I wonder if that's what we've missed, even in the message. That we thought it was running around and screaming and yelling and things in the church that was bringing revival, but really revival is God moving in the hearts of the people. Amen. So I believe our church is going to grow in numbers this year, but I believe that it's not just always in numbers, but it's in the spiritual growth Amen. of our church. And growth speaks to increase yeah. or to give increase. Mm-hmm. It means to grow up. Yeah. Growth. Growth. To cause to grow. It's like the Lord putting something underneath us. It's time to grow. It's time to go. I'm talking about your life spiritually. To become greater. To spiritually grow. The Lord gave us a dream on Friday night. I hope I can close the service with a scripture that will be what he spoke to me about. But in, the, in this tree that you've seen before, I wanted to bring your memory back to the years... Of the life of a tree and show you from the first year growth to the the years that a person goes through their spiritual life in the rainy season they're wider because the tree grows more then in a drier season in a dry year it's even even much smaller then you can see the forest fire it could be something that happened in your marriage or in your children or grandchildren or in the church or maybe COVID was a big scar Huge scar that, you know, affected a lot of people. But you can see the growth of the tree, how it responds to that season, but just keeps growing. God help us to be that way spiritually. I know you've seen this before, but I wanted to remind you. Look at this 24-year-old tree. And the outside, the darker part, is actually the bark of the trunk. And then right within the 24 years of this person, there was five years of a knot. That knot, can you all see that at the bottom, shows five years of growth. Growth. Let's say growth. It didn't die. It didn't uh, roll over and perish. You didn't just go to the world and stop serving God, even though you might have for a season. But if you're a seed of God, God's going to deal with your heart. You are a predestinated seed of God. Though there might be a knot or an issue or a situation, don't focus on that. Focus on Christ. Focus on the growth. God, give us long-range vision. You can see even in this uh, last picture of the tree, I wanted to bring it back to your memory, the wet years and the dry years, the, the fire scars. It might affect you for many years as you go through a lot of backlog things of the case. But remember, the, the grow, you grow fast in times when the weather's good and the water's good. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe there's more slower growth in the narrow years or things that go on. It could be with the regional area. I know some of you sat at home f- through COVID and you streamed or you went through certain times longing, dr- d- desiring a, a warmer season, a warmer time of fellowship or a time to gather. Yeah, yeah. This is your church. This is your community. This is what the Lord has done. But when we speak about growth, as I'll turn to your attention, I know some of this is a little bit of repetition for some of you. But when we look at the shuck being pulled away, the corn or the wheat, you you talk about the shuck is not the thing that's being focused on when you're talking about growth. Keep focusing on the seed, focusing on the word. Brother Bradham talked about this in the church age book, how the original wheat seed of Pentecost was to come back in the last age. How it had been buried at Nicaea. That's Nicaea, Rome. In the Catholic system, it sent up a a shoot at Sardis and it grew a tassel at Philadelphia. It was to mature at at, at Laodicea. But it could not be brought back to the original until the word was restored. Brother Branham was talking about this in the Laodicean church age, and he was just talking leading up to what I'm just going to talk about in about 30 seconds. He said the prophet had not yet come upon the scene. So he's talking about through the ages and then dark ages and Sardis and Philadelphia and then coming to maturity at the Laodicea age. But I'm glad that God sent a prophet to us. He said, "But now, continuing on, according to the time wherein we stand in the latest sea and age, the Prophet, Messenger of Revelations 10:7, must already be in the land. Once more, thus saith the Lord, must be here, ready to be manifested with infallible vindication. Thus is the true seed already maturing, and then the harvest." We are living in the time of the harvest. Yes. Brother John was listening this morning to a message as we do often, and even coming to church. and Brother Branham was at the end of the message, and, and just speaking to actually, one of the ladies was going through the change of life, and she was nervous and fretting and just um, like menopause and, and going through the change. And Brother Branham's discerning it, just going talking to her. And he said, "Oh." There it is again. He picked it up in the audience, someone being scoffing and scorning, saying, oh, he's just reading her mind or reading her prayer card or something. He just picked it up. It kind of distracted him a little bit. Then he said, one day I'll call out your name. Then he just kind of comes back to the lady and his attention, and he just starts going through the same things that he had just said. You're nervous. He said, I don't know what was just said to you unless I go back and hear the tape. And, oh, you're nervous because of the change. This, it's just that time of life. And, and she said, that's exactly what the doctor said. You know the word is powerful. You thought Brother John was just rambling, but it was actually God exposing some of your very thoughts this week. Some of the things you're actually facing. Some of the messages that you've been hearing, our Brother Steve minister, even uh, uh, starting the Wednesday night of I Surrender, starting out this whole year, the Wednesday night. That's a good message for us. I surrender. We, We need to stop looking at just one another as being family. I'm, I'm related to Brother Steve or, you know, I'm related to Sister Sharon or, you know, Brother John has a couple of his children in our church. Well, that's fine, but it's got to go beyond, oh, that's my father or that's this so-and-so. And we got to look beyond the natural flesh of one another. Yeah. We're living in the harvest time. And, and I was listening to the message, and you hear one lady Ooh, just scream out because Brother Branham had told her her name or her address. And I just stopped it. We were driving on I-5. I said, honey, I wonder how many of those people went on to serve the Lord. I wonder how many of those people after all of those years that were being healed and God telling him their name, their address, their thoughts. What they were going through, many of them were just waiting for the prayer line, waiting to have their, you know, Brother Branham, he talked about it this morning. He said over 60% of them are healed just when they get the prayer card because they know if they can just get a prayer card. And I thought, I was talking to my wife about it. I said, we don't have that gift alive today. We don't have prayer cards. We don't have Brother Branham to drop back into discernment when there doesn't seem to be very much response from the people and drop back and start naming what they were thinking yesterday and what you thought on Friday night at 8.38 and start saying people's names. Like he did in the message influence. My wife was reminding me how he called and called and there was one or two and he said, I pray that that would be another Isaiah. Then he starts, he goes, I think it's 9 or 11. He drops back and starts saying their name and their address and you there, you back there and you this. And oh, the people responded. He said, now who would like to come? And they just come and filled up the whole altar up and down. He said, there's two or 300 of you that should be up here. And now when he gave that, that altar call, they filled up the whole place. And what most of us would say, oh, that was a good service. He said, you have done the worst thing you could have ever done. You responded to the gift instead of when he gave the initial call. How many of us are falling asleep? How many of us are thinking, oh, we got to go to lunch now? Or why is this going on? And and throughout the service, we're missing that we're in the harvest time. God's not going to give us a gift to say our name and our address. We can hide in a church community. We can grow up in the message and never even know Christ. We can hear a whole message of a prophet and just sit, sit there so smug now. Press play and disobey. We can do that all day long. We turn on a tape. We can have 30 plus messages and have them for free given to our hands. Oh no, I look on my, on my device. I look on my... Are you? Are you listening? Are we reading? No, God's got to almost sometimes shake us up a little bit. Amen. And I, and I asked my wife, what about our young people in our church? What about our children? And I mentioned my, uh, our grandchildren. What about their opportunity at the Word? Are we giving this generation a chance at the Word? It's no wonder so many are going to the world and families and couples being broken up and divorced. It's no wonder young people are growing up and out of a family of five, three go to the world, two serve the Lord. Out of a family of eight, maybe two are serving God. It's happening, friends. And amongst ministers. I know a pastor, all five of his children don't serve the Lord. It's like, God, help us, Lord. Shake us, Lord Jesus. From the pulpit to the back that we just, Lord, don't get in a lull. And we just get into churchianity. Coloring books are nice, but we need the word that's on that coloring book to come down and grip the hearts of our Sunday school children. So as I continue on, I didn't mean for this to be so lengthy in this part, but stages of, of this wheat plant or the corn seed. Brother Branham was just laying it out there, how it was buried at Nicaea. It just became a little shoot up in Sardis and a tassel at Philadelphia and then ma- begin to mature out at Laodicea. God help our ministers and our Bible study teachers or Sunday school teachers or our parents or one another to be um, long-suffering and patient with one another because you might be down the road in your growth. Let's all say growth. Growth. But we have people right around us that, that are just coming out. We have young people and children that are just hearing these things like for the first time. We have brothers that might be older, sisters, mothers that are older, but they haven't really caught the revelation. But they're catching it, and the lights are coming on. God help us, Lord, to be shaken out of our devices and back into words. So buried at Nicaea was that little seed going down into the ground and dying. We've got to die before new life can come out. We must die. That's what Jesus said in John 12, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a corn of wheat, fall into the ground and die. He's talking about you as a person. Unless you die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. I believe 2024 could be a tremendous year of growth for you. But you've got to shake out of the little realm that you're living in and your little a comfort zone. Your little friends maybe. Shake out of your little media. Sister uh, Joyce, I think, laid a a newspaper clipping from the Linden paper on my desk this morning. Do you know the Linden City Council is wanting to sue the social media outlets because of what they're doing to the youth of, of Linden? Do you know that people of the world, people of the world are already seeing what Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat is doing to the youth and the young people in the world? And yet we bring it into a church platform and, and the more you say about it, it's like people shut you down or shut you off. And we need to wake up to that reality. It, it's so subtle. It just creeps right in. And Satan, he, he doesn't care that our sign says in time message tabernacle. He doesn't care what our website says. He'll walk right into churches with their Hoffman's head and their Brother Branham pictures with the pillar of fire photo and say, well, that was Jesus back then. That was the pillar of fire then. Where is he now? And there ought to be a burden among us to, to bring Jesus a fresh drink back. And if we can do it naturally or financially, what about spiritually? When God begins to speak and lay things on, upon the minister's heart or upon our hearts, I wonder if some of you are being spiritual. To say, God, let it not remain down under the ground. Let it start like a little sprout. Let's little blades begin to grow up. Let's let's nurture them. Let's water them. Let's give them time. Let's give them energy. I don't care if it's two or three show up. They deserve our focus. We don't need a, a youth group that's 87 members or 140 I'd love to give you a fellowship hall. I believe the next step for our church is to have a facility where we can have a little fellowship hall. We don't have that now. But we are thankful for what God's done for us. And I think we need to be more thankful. We need to be more mindful. We need to be more grateful. But I, I, not just always satisfied with camping down. All right. I'm focusing on the spiritual aspect a little bit more this morning. Remember the tassel. I'm going through this quote with you out of the Church Age book in Philadelphia. The tassel. Is that that part near the top? It's near the top. You say, well, that's at the. That's what we need to focus on. Then uh, under that manage, we need to focus on the tassel. We need to focus on describing it. Oh, brother John, it's not the leaves. It's not this. And oh, we've come to the top. And oh, we're at the top. And I, I found in the message the more that, that that's emphasized it creates a lack of humility and pride oh we're at the top and we've got the message and oh, we've got this and it's created a whole generation that are narcissists and it creates young people and young adults that unless you go to our church or unless you believe what our pastor believes and all of that is heresy it's antichrist that was the Philadelphia age. It was in the Laodicean age that the seed was to be totally manifested. The shuck was to be pulled back. Can you see that on the screen? The last stage is the ripening and the bride age. We are living in the bride age. We are living in seed time. We are living in the wheat time. We are living at the end of the ages. So in the last days, you see, this is Brother Branham's last message before communion and then the Lord took him. He said it's wheat time now. It's getting harvest time. This is not Luther's age. This is not Pentecost age. This is the bride age. This is the bride age. So put on your wedding garment. His wife hath made herself ready. Focus in on Christ. I'm talking about growth until we see Christ in the people. Until we see Jesus in the congregation. Until our ministers are more concerned about Jesus being preached. Yeah, yeah. Brother Steve and I have been meeting a weekly now to discuss the burdens of the... We weren't able to last week because he was in Edmonton, but this church supported Brother Steve and was happy that he was there and happy that his father was able to have him like a visiting angel but now he's back here where he's needed, where he's wanted, where he's loved. This is his home church. so He has the authority to say what's on his heart. He he has the authority to preach the burden of the word of the Lord. It's not all about Brother John, it's about now ministry working together. And you see how we've worked with the Bible studies. We work with even visiting brothers. I've talked to Brother Sam uh, Stoll about giving his testimony or speaking on a Sunday night. Brother Brother uh, Timothy Washlegger is on high alert in February, Lord willing, to give his testimony. And and what some of you know that we've already given brothers in the church opportunity to speak. Do you know that doesn't happen in a a lot of message churches? Again, I'm bringing to the forefront that it's been Christ that has been projected to this local church. You ought to be praising God for that. This is not Luther's age. This is not Pentecost age. This is the bride age. So we're going to focus on that. We're going to focus now as we have come up through the stalk and come up through the leaves and come up through the tassel, but we need to focus on the corn, focus on the harvest. Paul had this revelation to Timothy and he said, A vessel unto honor sanctified and meet or ready for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. Say, I want some of that good corn, Brother John. I want to eat some good food. Well, bride does not eat shuck. Pull it away. Pull it away. That's that Pentecostal doctrine and the Pentecostal flavor that goes along with it. It's their music, it's their worship, it's what they emphasize. The bride will not come to perfection focusing on an age before us. Yeah. To go on to perfection, you've got to pull away that shut. Yeah. Hallelujah. Let's go on to the grain time. Does God change his mind about his word? I certainly honor the Lutheran. This is Brother Branham saying this. Then this ought to be our attitude then. I certainly honor the Lutheran for their stand in their day. The Methodist for sanctification in their day, and the Pentecostal for their stand in their day. But we're living in another day. God help us, Lord, to come all the way. Not getting the best from the Lutheran, the best from the Methodist, and the best from the Pentecostal, and then somehow we get some, because Brother Branham's gone, some convoluted idea of the message. It ought to be whatever brought the message is in the ministry. Whatever's in the ministry is working in dads and mothers and young people. It ought to be in the deacon. I know a lot of churches, they'll take weeks on church order, laying it out, the duties of a deacon, the duties of a trustee, the duties of this. Listen, we've got a message. Our deacons ought to find out what their position is. Our trustees ought to know what their position is. Our Sunday school teachers ought to know how to bring a word. That's They don't need Brother John babysitting and having meetings all through the week and got to meet with the song leader for three hours. And We met with all the musicians every week on this night. Friends, we've got to be living in the bright age where you as an individual, you die out to yourself. Come on, friends. This is how this church is going to be led. It's by the Holy Ghost. It's not micromanaging into all of this and Brother John's got his flavor and this brother's got his flavor and oh, I stream this brother and that's what he says and that's what he says and then pretty soon we're so confused and so divided we don't even know what we believe. Sometimes we need to turn some of that off and get focused on what is the Holy Spirit saying for you. We're living in another day. We're living when there's been a stalk and a tassel and a shuck, almost like the wheat, but the wheat's inside of the shuck. The shuck has just supported. The shuck, did he just say that? Has just supported the wheat and kept the hot sun from burning it. And now the denomination is pulling away from it so it can lay in the presence of the sun to get right. Hello, friends. Get in the presence of the sun, And it's not just the printed book. It's, the, it's got to go further than just the written Word. It's got to become the lived out Word. Friends, don't stop and say, Well, Brother John, we got to go back to, we need support in this, and we need this, and we need support in this. No, we need to focus on the wheat. Focus on the Word. There was a season for the man age where there was support for this and groups for that and we all have this and we all that and this. But friends, we're living in a time when that should be being pulled away from you where you can lay in the presence of the Son. Friends, this ought to be, this is the vision of the Holy Spirit for year 2024. Brother John speaking now. 2024. Say, Brother John, it is January... What is it today? 13, 14? And my year has already been... And I thought, my, I can't even put that up there. It's not real for a lot of our people. But this is the vision of the Word for you. He just keeps pulling you up, pulling you up, pulling you up. As long as we go, there's always going to be things around the believer to pull you down and yeah. this person or that issue or that other family or that other... Friends, you've got to stay focused. Yeah. There's always going to be something in your flesh. Yeah. Something in your family. Yeah. Look at this uh, wheat field. and look, Just look there. And, the, and the, you can see the brown wheat in the background is more mature. Can you see that? The green wheat plants in the front, they need to lay in the presence of the sun to ripen before the harvest. Sometimes you can look over and see other churches or other families and they look like they, everything's intact and everything's ready to go. You can get discouraged. You can almost get embarrassed. You can almost begin to wonder about yourself. That's not good thinking. You might be green wheat. You might be green, but God is bringing you to perfection. You're not in another field. You're where you're at. I know some of you don't like that, but you are where you're at. Say That's horrible. Well, God's given you that reality to to die out so you can go under the ground and then start out as a sprout. Start out in uh, justification. Come out of the world. You can be sanctified. Say, how do I become sanctified? You stay in the presence of the Son. And he'll bake all that that garbage out. He'll deliver you from evil. He'll take that nature out of you that's not godly. Hello, that that spirit that just keeps coming back. Some of you have already seen it in the new year. It's the old nature. What you were battling at Thanksgiving or back October, you're still battling it. I say, I'm so discouraged. No, you need to put that down under the blood. Put that down under. You're going to battle that thing. You keep putting it down. Are you going to be fighting in the world or fight in the Lord's army? Are you going to be a believer and see all heaven back you up or are you going to live out there where they eat one another up? They talk about one another. That's what drugs will do for you. It'll be two policemen tapping on your feet down in Seattle somewhere. God help us, Lord. Give our little church a a real vision that though you might still be green a little bit, we're still here. God's working out His plan in your life before the harvest. So you can see the the wheat here in this foreground, the front is ready for harvest. But when you look out in the background, they're still young and still green. But when I still, in the message, young people are coming up, children are coming up, then there has to be some churches that are willing to slug it out, some families that are willing to slug it out. They need a born-again experience. They need to have a good atmosphere. They need to have their chance at the Word. They need their revival. I think we ought to get sick and tired of people going to the world. Loved ones, children, young people, people that's even been in our church. I think the heart of the shepherd ought to feel bad when they lose one sheep. Not say, well, I've got 99 more. Shame on you. The pastor needs a good sharp rebuke and a spanking. He has that kind of attitude. Oh, you say they're a goat. There's always this and that. You don't know that. They could come right around and do more than you're ever doing. You're sitting there and you're, you become so fat and sassy. Yeah. Right. Sitting right there and you know so many quotes. And I've been in. The, oh, friend, you become so fat and your fat just spilling out there. It's time to praise God a little bit. and Amen. Do some spiritual exercise. Right. Where the Holy Spirit sets a fire underneath you. and yeah. Yeah. Where we lose some of that excess. Yeah. We're doing something for the Lord. Some people can become so critical about others that are doing something for the Lord and you're not doing nothing. You're sassy. You always have another word. You're always better than somebody. You're not going nowhere in the rapture with that attitude. You need to humble yourself and come back to where you say, God, that would be me out there. That would be if it wasn't for your mercy. You can see this in this field on the tops of the field it looks like they're golden and ready but the stems are still green underneath the surface and oftentimes, that's like the church it looks like we're ready it looks like it's all good and golden but down underneath there's some attitude there's spirits going on on. there's carnality going on things in your childhood in your family Uh think about this say you don't have no right to say that I do have a right God's given us the authority to say it. And He needs to give us more strength to say it. Sometimes in our family, we can bring a lot of dirty laundry to church. Bring a lot of attitudes. And my dad was this way, or my mother, or or my family strain. And we bring that into church. And we want everybody to start responding to the way we're responding. And we're not going to do that for you. We're a family of God. And we work together. We're a body. And you can't use manipulation to move God's people or trying to focus on this or focus on that. We need to focus on the Word. You let God take care of those things, brother. If that's the pastor's revelation, we all need the revelation. Stop manipulating things and working around things. Amen, brother John. Preach it, brother. The tops look ready to harvest, but the wheat plant must stay in the presence of the sun. Till all the greenness is baked out. Remember some weeks ago, we, we already told it publicly that the matchmaker uh, position has been filled in our church. We don't believe in people matchmaking. You leave that to the Holy Spirit. I wonder if some of you really got it on Wednesday night I wanted to just show this about Mary again out of Shalom I have those two messages again 1964 Shalom Shalom it's like God knew the first messages of that year needed to be double double peace the people are going to need peace well go back and listen to the seals no peace peace I give you peace. You're going to need that. And right in that message, he's talking about Mary and talking about her attitude. Twelve years, when Jesus had become twelve years old now and when she was young and a teenager in the message, she was so quick to demonstrate, oh, an angel spoke to me and oh, his name will be Jesus and oh, a virgin shall conceive and that's me. I can go through all the rejection. But twelve years later, we find Mary in front of all these priests now and her little boy we would say 12 years old has been away for days and days and she comes back and just says a little statement like your father and I your father and I have we're so concerned and oh maybe just wanting to grab his arm and say you don't belong here come back with us and to have a little boy say I'm about my father's business showing Joseph wasn't his father and, and Mary, just presuming that, you see, she got carried away. Yeah. She wanted to show before these priests and things that she wasn't the type of woman. It's been 12 years and she hasn't got over the complex of standing in a line all alone and everybody calling you bad person, evil person. We, this has never happened and before that a virgin would conceive and you're telling us you're so spiritual. <laughs> Come on, Mary, you didn't say all you want to say. Y- you were with somebody else. you were with some guy, you know we know you're some goody tooties in our church, but we don't believe that uh, we don't believe that you're that virgin. And that war on her mind, 12. Years. She in front of all these priests, they would never address her like she was the certain way, that like she was holy and this was the Messiah. She lived with that complex. So finally came her opportunity, like she was just gonna grab Jesus' arm and say, Your father and I. Right. And a prophet went much deeper and said she wanted to show in front of those priests that she wasn't that type of woman. I wonder how many of you are struggling with things in your past. Right. Right. Come on. Yeah. Can I have your attention? Yeah. And it might just be a little word. It might just be a little attitude. And if we're not careful, that'll grow in your children. You'll bring that to church. It'll grow in your spiritual life. You used to be so fervent. You used to weep in the presence of God. You used to couldn't wait to be in the house of God. But now it's a chore, now it's a duty. Now all the young people are hypocrites, now all the older ones are fogies and now you're so, you know your soul can say things and you can make money now. You can go through and order your little vintage and go out and, and, and just be with your friends and swipe up and do all the things. You don't need nobody to tell you. My goodness. Hello Mary My. Hello Mary. Yeah, that's it. Uh-huh. You've gotten hardened and calloused. I'll give them a piece of my mind. And the longer you have that attitude, the Lord, He can't work with you, Mary. You need to leave that complex at the altar today. She denied her very foundation in things. Let's go back to Ephesians 4. Please. What's the temperature in here, Brother Andy? What did it get up to? Let's all say praise the Lord. Goodness, it was down in the teens, down in the low sevens and eights. And Brother Steve came from the negatives up there. Thank the Lord for a warm building. I said, thank the Lord for a warm building. Verse 15 is a wonderful verse. Let's read it out loud again. I have it on the screen for you that would like to read it. Maybe you're holding a baby or maybe you don't turn to the Bible. Maybe you don't bring your Bible, so... Let's read it together out loud. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head. So I don't see no room in that verse for us to grow up into the things of our family strain or where we were raised. We always keep going back to how we were raised. And in moments of crisis, every human does that. They default back to how they were raised. Let me ask you a question. But with many of your lives, how you were raised was in another season. It was in another time. We are in the bright age. We're in the mature time. And if we're not willing, to be honest, we'll start manifesting a certain nature and it's not the Holy Spirit and we'll justify it because of how we were raised. It's time to grow up. I need about two minutes on a subject of predestination. Because Paul talked about it in Ephesians 1 that how he's chosen us before the foundation of the world and predestinated us. Predestinate, predestine. To determine before, to ordain your life, to decide before, to decree from eternity. Can you all read that on the screen? To determine before, to declare, to define. God has put all the boundaries and marked out the limits in your life and appointed you to be a son and a daughter of God. You are a seed. You are a seed of the Word. I'm going to give a disclaimer. Brother John's going to keep preaching like this till the rapture. I know some of you think, Brother John, just positive, positive. You can look at a sinner and say you're positive. Well, you know, it reminds me of something Brother Branham talked about, that a lady kept saying, you talk about the devil and say something good, yeah? He sure is a good adversary. We need to become more like that. You go down to the grocery store in your little wagon, and it's all empty, and you're making all kinds of noise—clippity clippity—and you come back, and it's all full of all your groceries and all your good things. It don't make a lot of noise, but it sure weighed down with a lot of good things. Yeah, yeah. Some of us need to be more that way spiritually. Yeah. You can have your spiritual life all oh, feel good, act good, oh, woo, and you're just going down to the grocery store. You need to start eating on the Word and start eat, get some meat and get some vegetables and eat a balanced diet. Oh, this is good. This is good. But you need a balance. I need a balance. And you come back home after loading up your whole life with goodness and mercy and love and brotherly kindness and man, you may not make a lot of noise but it's just balance now. It's, I'm going back home. I've got to take some of these fruits back, this growth. I'm a predestinated seed. I wonder if we'd have talked to some of our young men like this, they wouldn't be out there in the trap of the enemy the way they are. Come on, friends. I wonder if some of our young ladies heard that more around church and around their homes, how beautiful they were and how wonderful. They wouldn't need premarital sex. Don't worry, we'll change that light bulb by tonight's service. Amen. We'll be right on there. Brother Bill Lamb, get right on that. Amen. By tonight's service, please. Amen. Where's Brother Bill? We need you, Brother Bill. We go through things. I only told you two minutes, so I got to hurry here. But I'll get with you, Brother Bill. Amen. We need a light bulb changed. We did not become seed by the rebirth, we were seed, and therefore were reborn, for only the elect can be reborn. Because we were seed is the reason we could be quickened. In non-seed, there's nothing to quicken. You wouldn't be even thinking the way you're thinking about Christ unless something was inside of you. So Ephesians 2, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God, let's say God, hath before ordained that we should walk in them. God has ordained or prepared. He has put people beforehand to be believers of this message. My, I was listening to another message in our little room that, one of you provided for us a little something for us to be able to get away with so we were able to get away for our anniversary. I was listening to Brother Brown. I mean, he's just opening up a message, Brother Stephen. he's talking like this to the people. God loves you. He wants what's good for you. He wants to heal you. And I thought, praise God. Our prophet was like that. Brother Miles, he was positive. Okay, we got to close with Luke chapter 12. Let's go to this scripture. Y'all heard that phrase? I'm closing. The little boy asked his dad, what does that mean? He said, absolutely nothing. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't want to be a liar. So, Friday night I was there laying and, and I went to sleep. Before I woke up, God gave me a dream. And this is the scripture, Luke chapter 12. I'm continuing on with spiritual growth and our focus. In 2024, Luke 12, verse 11, as Jesus began to speak, when they they bring you into the synagogues and into magistrates and the powers, take ye no thought how or what thing you should answer or what you should say. For the Holy Ghost, let's all say Holy Ghost, shall teach you in the same hour what ye ought to say. And one of the company said unto him, Master, speak to my brother, that he divide the inheritance with me. See, we all want pitchfork religion and my brother, my, all these other people. God's trying to focus on you. Yeah, that's right. And he said unto him, man, I don't know how he said it. I don't know what his attitude was like, but the Bible says, man, who made me a judge or a divider over you? Well, you didn't answer the question. No, he... He's talking to the higher issue. You're wanting to say, my brother, my sister, Mary, Martha. Oh, this person's serving. This person's not serving. I'm sitting at your feet. No, I'm doing something. But if you're not doing it in the right love, it's not received. You can be doing the exact same good thing. And if it's not done in love, it's not received. Then I'm going to stop doing it. That's a bad attitude. You just need to pull back. You need to say, God, put it in my heart. Put love back in my heart. Put a feeling back into it. Then, I'm not done. Then go about what you're doing, and it'll be different. You'll see different fruits. You'll see different manifestations. You don't need to go around saying, God showed me, God led me. And he said unto them, verse 15, take heed. He's talking now to the people. Beware of covetousness, selfishness. For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. And this was the dream, verse 16. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The the ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully, or it was growing good. It's growing well. We're rich. We're we're planning to do greater things and different things. And we're ambitious and we're visionary. And this rich man, which Brother Branham applied to the rich young ruler that later was crying out in hell. Brother Branham did that. This, This parable of Luke 12 and the other one of the rich young ruler, Brother Branham tied together. So this rich man was bringing forth plentifully growth and goodness and my barns are bursting and how's it going? It's good. Not spiritually, but naturally. Verse 17. And he thought within himself saying, this is this this young rich man. He thought within himself saying, what shall I do because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? And he said, this will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater growth. I'm going to pull down my old barns, my old ways, and we can do better. We can do greater. He's thinking like this. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. So building greater means bigger barns, bigger things, growth. Speaking on growth, and I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease and eat, drink, and be merry. You say, Wow, we've done so good. We're going to build, we're not going to become satisfied with this certain return. Let's build bigger and greater and We'll pull down those barns so we'll lose in a certain amount of time. But when we build greater, there's going to be greater. We'll have more fruits and more of this. That's the way they were talking. That's what they were planning for. It consumed them. I'm laying up for my retirement. I'm laying up for down the road. I'll work it all out. I'll work. I'll spend my youth working, making money, doing things. That's how he was thinking. Speaking to his soul, this and that. Verse 20. But God said unto him, thou fool. What are you talking about? All those people down at the church, those homely people, they don't even hardly have a dime to run. They can't even give but a mite, this and that. They're a bunch of old Fogies doing this and talking about I would never put up that site. I would never bring books. I would never, I would spend my money doing this, doing that. His mind began to shift from spiritual things to worldly things. And my, he was doing good. He's doing better. God said unto him, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? Money, stocks, bonds, this, that, cars, this, that, and the other. All those people down there couldn't afford to do what I'm doing. Watch the attitudes begin to come up from a person that becomes more worldly. Watch their, their lack of time for spiritual things. They shut off things that used to be spiritual. Spiritual. But yet they got all kinds of time to make more money and build bigger barns and devise plans and stay up late and do this and that and before it was praying, before it was in the message and doing something for others that were less fortunate. I don't got time for those beggars down there. Now I'm going to the other parable. I ain't got no time for that beggar down on Lazarus down there. When I die, I'm going to have the mayor and all the hooting, fluting people in the town because I've given money, I've helped this society, that, and they're all going to come out there. And, and the Bible says that this man, when he died, this beggar, he was just carried away into the bosom of... No pomp, no ceremony, just took his last breath and he's gone. But this other man, Lord have mercy, probably had the best... Hospital, the best this, the best comfort, the best medicine. But when he died, he went into the regions of the lost. Brother John's dreaming this. I'm speaking it now across the pulpit. Good question, Lord, verse 20. Good question about what's going to happen with all my stuff. And my accounts when I leave. Verse 21 So, so is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. There's a whole sermon right there. I'm gonna ask the congregation today Are you rich toward God? Brother John's trying to turn your attention. Every person here, rich toward God. Lay up for your children. Lay up for your grandchildren. Right. Spiritually. Yes, sir. Now you say those church people down there, they don't even have enough money. to even lay up for their children, their grandchildren. They don't have nothing. And you make fun of them, be careful. Well, those people down there, they've given their life to the Lord, and they are, they're so poor, they... They, they struggle and they job to job. Let me tell you 2024 might not be easier for us. I'm talking to this church right now. It might not be an easy year for us. God's been good and God is good. He's given us now this building. He's given us the ability to do this and that and people that love you that are able to support in these chairs and Every, this pulpit and this media and everything. There's some of you that have given of your time, your effort, and money that this church could never repay back. I think verse 21 would be a good verse to ask every person How is your riches toward God? How are you doing spiritually? These are the mighty men, these are the mighty ladies. These are the ones that can be near David, that can know his least little desire, I'm gonna go do that. And somebody else is so far away, so far away spiritually, they would never hear the voice of God. Yet they hear the voice of drugs, and money, and cars, and better houses, and better lands. And some of you think that's more spiritual, and it's not. God's requiring of you. How rich are you toward the Lord? What is your character like? I think it's good to ponder that. I even asked the Lord, do you even want me to say anything that I had a dream about it, Lord? Because I don't 95% of the time. I never would even say it to my wife or nobody. But I asked the Lord, should I even say it? Does it even mean anything? Or is there somebody here? Is there somebody streaming that is caught in a situation and they are not rich toward the Lord. In fact, if they would be given an account today spiritually of where they stand or if their life would be taken, where do they stand before the Lord? Is that even focused on anymore? Now, verse 22, in our closing verses, he begins to speak unto his disciples. He turned his attention toward from a rich young ruler that did not respond. Though, Brother Branham, in in leadership, he said, Jesus loved him. What can I do to inherit eternal life? And something went out of Jesus. And he loved that person. And he said the right words. This is what you need to do. And the man heard it. He considered it. And he walked away. So you're so drama. I'm not dramatic enough. Last Sunday I poured out a bottle of water. I don't know what it's going to take this Sunday. I came over and took a photo of the water and put it on the screen to let you know that we want our lives to be a fresh water poured out upon the ground. But it's our attitude. It's our spirit. I pray God help us with our young people, with our families. He speaks to his disciples. Can I have a few more minutes? Jesus turns now from a man that will never receive him. And he says to his disciples, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. What ye shall eat, neither for the body, what ye shall put on. The life is more than meat. And the body is more than raiment. He didn't say, don't eat meat. That's not what he said. Yeah. And he didn't say, it doesn't matter what you wear. Right. People have used this very, very, it doesn't matter my hair. It doesn't matter my dress. Well, Jesus said, that's not what he meant. Right. It doesn't matter what I drink. I can drink alcohol. I can drink this. I can drink some weed. Well, it's part of cannabis. It's just this and that and the other. Well, medicine is the same. People go on a tangent. Friends, I I think we all agree. We all need more of the Holy Ghost. We we all need a good dose of the Holy Ghost to come bursting down through all of our unbelief and our shadows and our discontentment and all the static that gets in our lives. We need sometimes the Lord Jesus to shake our tree a little bit. Look up into our tree and say, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house today. And then when he comes to our house and asks us, what are we doing for him Spiritually that we don't get an attitude about it. If you can give your pastor a dream, he can talk to you right now and shake you up a little bit. His focus is being put beyond your meat, beyond your raiment. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which neither have storehouse nor barn, and God feedeth them. Is that what your Bible says? Does everybody's Bible say that? God feedeth them. Well, he can feed you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Have you ever had your Bible like this? And just put your finger like this and say, then Lord, you're going to have to do it. Yeah. You promised in your word. Yeah. Never seen the righteous forsaken. Yeah. Seed begging bread, Lord. But if I've been lazy and if I haven't been faithful and I need a sharp rebuke or a kick in my pants or skirt, don't yeah. yeah. ah, no, stop it. You, you ask me. The Lord, you said you wanted to draw closer to me. and I'm talking to you. I'm grossly offended. That's probably why we pray as little as we do. We get offended. We get hurt. He puts his finger on things in our lives. Not to rebuke you. But to show you that ye are much better than the fowls. And which of you with taking thought, verse 25, can add to his statute one cubit? That's about 18, 18 inches, a foot and a half. Which one of you, with taking thought, can add to his cubit? One, stat- one cubit. Statute, one cubit. If ye then be not able to do that thing which is least, why take ye thought for the rest? Consider. Pause. Think about it. Slow down and let it soak down deep. Don't just skim over the surface. Right. Consider the lilies. How they grow. How they grow. Spiritually growing. Spiritual growth. Consider the lilies. They, they don't spoil. Toil not. They spin not. Yet I say unto you that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Right. If then God so clothed the grass, which today is today in the field and tomorrow is cast into the oven. How much more will he clothe you? Oh, ye of little faith. This isn't a firm rebuke. This is him turning to his disciples. He's answering the question. You say, but one of them just asked about his brother in verse 13. Now you go on some long tangent. Okay, then I'm never going to ask you a question again. And that's how we get. We, We get so callous against our fathers. And against our mothers. Don't rebuke your father. Don't scorn your mother. Ponder the elders and their words. Have patience with those that are younger than you. If God's so clothing the grass and verse 18, he's going into this. I I shut you off verses ago. It's all read in my Bible. Lord, when did we pull away from you? Some of you from one o'clock till four o'clock, three hours, are going to spend more time on your device than what I'm preaching right now. You're going to be checking this. And checking that. And my media. And my. Got to update this. I got to see how so and so. What this church preached. And what's going on here. And you're going to. You're so connected. By midnight tonight. Most of you are going to spend more time on your cell phone. Than you did in church today. I'm asking you. What about Monday? What about Tuesday? What about Wednesday? When a, when a city council. Can spend time. To try to bring it before the elders and say, we're going to consider a lawsuit against Facebook. You say, it won't go nowhere. No, it's not going to go nowhere. And they'll never do it. All the major companies. Then what about us as believers? There ought to be a little check mark to say, God help us. Snapchat and these things, people spend time in our children and our young people. I need to go on and... Take this to Wednesday night service. Let me just finish reading down to verse 34 and then we're going to close. Verse 29. And seek not ye what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink neither be ye of doubtful mind for all these things do the nations of the world seek after. What is he saying? What they drink, what they eat they're they're doubting, they don't believe The nations of the world are caught up in this. And your Father knoweth that you have need of these things. What you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, your raiment and things. But rather, verse 31, seek ye the kingdom of God. God let us take this whole service this morning and go like this. Go like this and bring it right into the verse 31. But rather seek ye the kingdom of God. And all these things shall be added unto you. Amen. Praise God. Fear not, little flock. Why, little Bethlehem? Why? Why did he focus on that at Christmas? Here it is in, in verse 32. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Give it to you. Sell that ye have and give alms and provide yourselves bags which wax not old. A treasure in the heavens that faileth not. Where no thief approacheth, neither moth corrupteth. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And the church said, Read some scripture. And if we did nothing else, And the Spirit of God came to that scripture. We could live this life. Friends, we have reading of the word. We have singing. We have preaching. You have brothers and sisters that would do so much for you to help you. Mm -hmm. I think it's good for us to take the word of God and say where my treasure is, where we spend our time, where we spend our energy, where you spend your money shows where your heart is. What you're working for? What you're seeking? What you think about when you wake up at two in the morning? Oh, you say, I'm haunted. I'm I got like nightmares. Turn to the Lord. Put on a message. The money we accumulate is not going to do any good when we're gone. Whether it's $5, 5,000, 50,000 or 5 million or 5 billion. It doesn't matter. This, when the, when, the, when the resurrection happens and the bride is being caught away, are you going to worry about your car? Your coffee, your food, your meat, your rain mat? Somebody said something at church, I don't like the song leader. Are you serious? And you're carrying that attitude and all that baggage is affecting you spiritually. I'm asking you today to consider the Word of God. And I woke up, and I didn't want to turn the light on because to wake up my wife, you learn something after 32 years, amen, that if it's the Lord, I'll just remember that. If that's really the Lord, keep it on my heart. He'll keep that on my heart. i got to tell the church Sunday morning that our spiritual growth isn't about bigger barns and natural things. It's not a bigger church and how big this is and all of that. We need to fill this church up a little bit more. We're half empty today. Wednesday nights is less. Let's fill it up. Yeah. Then we'll talk about her. will we need this or we would like that. Well, we're not just going to save, 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 save. And what is, what is 20,000 going to do if the rapture happens? Right. Yeah. I know we could do better. Brother John wants to do better. I want to be a better pastor. Yeah. If there's a better pastor in this area that could pastor you, I want that man to stand in front of you. I want you to have the best. But until then, and until God reveals different, we're going to keep pressing on. Yeah. And we'll keep bringing in ministry. We're going to keep doing all we can. And if you've got a better idea, please pray about it. And if that's the Lord's will, we want to do that. No, don't be sitting there and, and, and spiritually vomiting and, I, can't, I can't believe it. He said. And then you just carry that to your friends and your spouses and your children are dying. Wow. Yeah. And you want them to receive from their church and you're destroying the testimony. You say, well, if Jesus was our pastor, if Jesus said those things, think about the rich young ruler, loving this person, saying the right message, and he just kind of stood there and maybe thought about it. I don't know his body language, maybe he was respectful, maybe he took his robe and kind of went like this and walked back. Let's build bigger barns. Let's go down to the city tomorrow. Let's go to the county. Let's do this and that. It never changed him. God help us turn some of our young men and our young ladies to real spiritual warriors that can do something for the Lord. I, I really mean this today. Brother John's 51 years old. If I went down there, on Monday, if I went down to the Marines and went down to the Army and knocked on their door and said, I want to enroll, they'd say, we love you, we're sorry, but you're too old. That's what they would say. And we kind of laugh because <laughs> we've been trained in the message. Everybody's got to be old, 60, 70, to listen to them. They would have already retired. They were already on an advisory board. You go to Israel, they're not the ones in the, in the bombers. They're not the ones down in the, in the tunnels. I know I got a close. So you've been on this for weeks, yeah? Maybe one of our young men or young ladies is going to catch a revelation. Maybe mother you've tried. Maybe daddy you've tried. Well, you've got to take them to a church that can say it. You keep them at home. You keep them watching YouTube and some movie. They're up in their room doing whatever and you, you're so critical of the church. Shame on you. This is the house of God. Say, I'm going to go to another church. Go, please. Go to wherever you're fed. Yeah. You go to where you're happy and you want to be there. Yeah. Yeah. You go where you love the pastor. You love the song leader. You love the media team. Yeah. You walk in here and say, they could have got a better shot. Did you see when they sang my song the noise, and the volume? Oh, and the, well, don't even sing if that's your attitude. Yeah. We, can, we ought to be able to stand up here and sing a cappella. If the electricity went off right now and the internet went down, we ought to still be able to love God. Amen. We ought to be able to preach if there's five people or 500 people or 1,000. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. God bless our ministry here at this church. Amen. And tonight's service, when Brother Steve preaches, I'm going to be sitting right over there on the edge of my seat, Amen. probably the biggest supporter. Amen. Amen. I love it. I'm leaning forward. I love the word. Amen. I, I see pastors today. I know what I'm talking about. They're sitting back there. You know, they're just so... And, and it's like, are you serious? And that's a minister? That's a young brother? We need to support. We need to show our support for one another. That young lady, that young man, they might be green underneath, but we need to encourage them. We need to, That brother, at least they came to the house of God. I doubt very much you go to Walmart or to the mall and get back in your car or your van. Man, did you see all the mini skirts and all those people dressed in all their tight pants? You don't do that. You're not critical like that. We saw so many nose rings, ear rings, this rings. You're just trying to buy a coffee and there's all kinds of claws and this and that. It's like, Lord, help us. Is that true? I mean... Thankful we don't live in Seattle, Amen. Brother Andy's got enough problems with Whatcom County, Amen. But Seattle's another world. I want to go to another world. God bless you, Stan. It's one, it's one, two, three, four.